Joining me now is the latest entrant into the 13th Congressional District race. That is the seat currently held by Republican incumbent Rodney Davis. Of course, we all know that uh, Betsy Dirksen-Londrigan is seeking a rematch against him. But she now has a primary opponent. Stephanie Smith from uh, Champaign-Urbana has uh, entered the race. She has submitted the paperwork to form a campaign committee, and she is running for the Democratic nomination in that 13th Congressional District seat. She joins me now live on the line. Stephanie, good afternoon. Thanks for being here with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on air with you. I, I've given just a very brief thumbnail sketch, but give us the, the bigger picture of who you are and what path has brought you to decide to run for Congress in the 13th District. So I am not a person that had political ambition. I was actually asked to run. Um, and I, I know I've been called an unconventional candidate, and I believe that's because I am working class. I come from a background in which I grew up struggling with issues related to poverty and homelessness. Um, I managed to work through a lot of those issues and went to school. I got my GED. I went to junior college. I transferred to U of I. I wound up having health problems. Uh, I have an autoimmune disease. It took five years to diagnose. Um, and unfortunately took me out of U of I during my last semester. And in the interim, as I've gotten healthier, uh, I started looking at other career choices. I had been studying linguistics and wanted to get my PhD, but I found myself drawn more to serving people who come from my background. Uh, so I started an internship at Cunningham Township. I volunteered for rape crisis hotlines. I do a lot of work uh, for labor and human rights advocacy related to um, victims of sexual abuse, survivors of sex trafficking, survivors of really all sorts of the abuse that comes along with poverty. Now, when, when you say you were asked to run, asked by whom? Um, I was asked by uh, Alan Axelrod who has done a lot of work in our community. Uh, he's helping with the Lift the Ban campaign, which I, I endorse, Lifting the Ban on Rent Control. Um, we actually met because we were both doing a lot of work around issues of homelessness, and we kept crossing paths. We would be doing like our own personal sort of street-based outreach because we don't have a street-based harm reduction organization in Champaign-Urbana. Um, and so he would probably be able to give you a better idea of why I was asked, but, but that's you, uh, brought this to my attention. Okay. Well, we have, uh, obviously one democratic candidate already in the race. She ran two years ago and, and nearly beat Rodney Davis. She's got a fair amount of money already in the bank. Why did you decide that you are a, a better option for the 13th district uh, than she is in that democratic primary? Well, I... I didn't decide I'm a better option. That's up to the people to decide if I'm a better option. But you wouldn't be running uh, if you didn't think you were, right? I, I'm running because the issues that are important to me are not being brought up uh, by either of the candidates. That's very disconcerting to me, given the degree to which our our entire district is impoverished. We have lots of food insecurity, lots of housing insecurity. We're dealing with uh, lots of issues that affect the working class, like low wages, poor access to health care, 
Um, we have in Decatur, the, the teaching assistants have set a strike state in part because they're not getting the health care that they need. And I'm not seeing these issues being talked about in meaningful ways on the political stage. And so that's why I decided to run. Well, let's take a couple of these one at a time. Let's start with health care. This is an issue obviously near and dear to you with your own uh, health challenges that you've had in the past. Uh, According to your website, you advocate a single payer health care system. Explain how this would work, because that that's a phrase that over the years has been used to really scare a lot of people who fear that, well, they may not have the best system right now, but at least it's something that a lot of us can, you know, go to a doctor, get help we need it. And we're concerned about trading the devil we know for the devil we don't. So how would it work and how do you put people's mind at ease on that? Well, I would recommend that they look at the history of single-payer health care, particularly in other industrialized nations, the sort of care that they have received. But I think you sort of nailed part of the problem right there is that some people have access to this care. Um, The people who don't are people like me. We are actually suffering and dying under this current system. People are are dying because they can't get a a GoFundMe to work for their insulin. They die because they're $50 short for their insulin. That's outrageous. There's no reason that we should have that happening in our country when we have so much wealth in our country. And I think a lot of people want to make sure that folks who don't have adequate access to health care are able to get it. The The concern that I hear voiced a lot is for someone to have better health care that doesn't have it, am I going to have to have worse access to health care now? How, how do you put those fears at ease? Well, I I think that's a misconception in that it's it's not a limited resource in that way. Um, I think what a lot of people don't understand is that our healthcare does not cost as much as we are charged for it, right? And so a fundamental part of making sure that we all have equitable access to healthcare is ending corruption in places like the pharmaceutical industry and the insurance industry. Um, uh, okay. Um... <laughs> That that's that sounds like a, a, a good thing, but I hear politicians running all the time saying we're going to cut out waste, fraud, and abuse, and yet it never really seems to happen. What what's the plan to actually end that so-called corruption and actually uh, take a system that is a for-profit system right now, and a lot of people are making a lot of money off of it, and and, and converting that to the type of system you're talking about? Because there'll be a lot of resistance to that. Right, and I I think that comes back to um, this sort of toxic political system we have that is so heavily influenced by industry money instead of actual people and the rights of the people. So as far as a plan, the thing is me as one person, even if I am elected to this position, regardless of which one of us is elected, we only have so much power on our own. So it, it takes a movement of people to come together, right? and to actually support politicians and policies that are going to have a meaningfully positive impact on their life. So a lot of this is not so much about me, but it's how I can contribute as best I can with other people to make this happen.
We're talking with Stephanie Smith. She is a Democratic candidate for Congress in the 13th Congressional District. You have also advocated for the Green New Deal. And again, that is a phrase that uh, there's a lot of people out there in the political world would would like for that phrase to strike fear in our hearts that we're going to uh, lose access to being able to just, you know, flip on the air conditioner whenever we want to or to drive our vehicle, even if we don't get that great gas mileage or that it's going to cost us a fortune. How, in your view, does the Green New Deal play out and how does it impact the the typical constituent in the 13th district? I'm going to be really honest here. I, I think that's the wrong conversation to be having because we're all facing a climate crisis together. And I know that a lot of people find that to be a sort of contentious idea, but we're seeing the impact on our farmers. We're seeing the impact on our industry, right? And I haven't seen other people present better options than the New Deal that actually, the Green New Deal, that actually attack these issues. I'm only hearing people say, no, 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 I don't want to change. I don't want to change. I understand that change is difficult, but if you don't want to change, then get involved. Reach out to your politicians and your elected officials and talk about the ideas that you have, your concerns, like that sort of space. Um, it really has to be more about people coming together to work on this crisis together. Now, the Green Deal has a lot of stuff built into it that takes on economic issues like infrastructure and industry. These are things, this is a path forward. This is policy that's aspirational and has hope. And I understand that that makes it a little bit more difficult to implement. And it certainly needs to have a lot of effort put into teasing out the details. But I'm not seeing anything else that's actually even willing to look at the the problem as existing. Do you see yourself potentially, if if you get through this race and, and win in 2020, do you see yourself as being part of the, the squad, uh, you know, uh, the, the folks like uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? Do you identify with, with them politically? You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm very inspired when people can come from a variety of different backgrounds and reach these positions in representation that historically we've not had access to. Um, I absolutely champion a lot of the same causes as the squad. And, you know, if if I wound up in the halls of Congress, I'd be honored uh, to, to be part of that. <laughs> and I only ask that because as a practical political consideration, you're running in a district that voted for Donald Trump last time that's elected Rodney Davis now for four consecutive two-year terms. Uh, are, are you a fit for this district? Well, I'm, I live in this district. You know, I, I have worked in this district. This district is my community. Um, that's up for the voters to decide. You know, like I, I have been very open about my beliefs, my values. I won't do anything to violate someone else's human rights. That's a hard limit for me. You know, I'm I'm not presenting some watered-down version of myself. I'm, I'm giving you the real deal. And so I'm just asking people, like, make your choices <laughs> based on your values. If I'm the right fit for you, that's amazing. I think that we can do some real work 
to improve the quality of life in our district. No question about that. You are definitely laying out the authentic Stephanie Smith here this afternoon. If people would like to learn more about your candidacy, your stands on the issues, if they'd like to maybe help out in some way, how can they make contact with you? Uh, The website is stephanie2020.com. You can follow me on Twitter. My handle is Steph, the number four, Congress. And uh, it's Stephanie spelled with an S, by the way. Uh, And I also have a Facebook page. All of that is linked on my campaign page. You can donate there, which would be amazing because I do not take corporate money. Um, So this is absolutely a grassroots campaign in the realest sense of the word. Um, And we would also love it if you could volunteer your time. Uh, again, Stephanie Smith, and that is Stephanie with an F. You can also find her Facebook page linked on the show thread for uh, the program today on my Facebook page if you'd like to learn more about her candidacy. Stephanie Smith, Democratic candidate in the 13th Congressional District. Thank you very much for your time this afternoon. Great to talk to you. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.